There's no bell ringing this morning for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts lost last night. We do not ring the bell after an Indianapolis Colts loss. That is just the way it is. We got good, we got bad, we got ugly. From the Indianapolis Colts, Washington Commanders game yesterday, a loss 17-16. to We'll get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Some of the good, some of the bad, authored by Sam Ellinger in his first start out of the University of Texas, a six-round draft pick. You know what? Overall, you got to say it was a success. Sam, Sam Ellinger was really pretty damn good yesterday. He was good enough to win that game. Hoosiers over the weekend in an exhibition. What we saw, you know what? I think it portends good stuff for the Indiana basketball program this coming season down in Bloomington. Mike Woodson's got it going. Isaiah Cox, thank you very much. Uh, I enjoyed this game more than the Broncos game too. That's an interesting point. That offense looked competent. We'll get to that. Um, the Pacers, wow. Two games on the road, two wins. They got another one tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. Interesting team and something to watch if you can. We'll, we'll talk about that too. This is Breakfast with Kent for Halloween, Monday, October 31st, 2022, brought to you by the great people at BUSR.com. Go to BUSR.com slash Kent. Make an initial deposit. BUSR will bonus that deposit 150% in free play up to $2,500. Subscribe, like, ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live. And if you want to make a donation, as Isaiah did, you go right ahead and feel really good about your investment in quality sports media. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and what happened yesterday at Lucas Oil Stadium. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, Sam Ellinger, tw uh, 17 of 23 for 201 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, very importantly, no interceptions. And to be honest, watching the throws and watching them again, I don't think he made a bad one. I think his throws were on time, on target that entire night. Now, you can complain a little bit about the choice of plays and the choice of the targets a little bit, uh, completely ignoring the tight ends, and I'm not sure why. Jelani Woods, where was he? Mo Ali Cox, one throw to him that was dirted. And then Kylan Granson, three targets, three catches, not many yards. But uh, Granson and Ellinger, high school teammates, so those two guys kind of on the same page from the jump. Uh, but he was good enough to win. Shaq Leonard, he got a pick. Uh, Tyquan Lewis, before he got hurt, got in the way of Taylor Heineke's arm. Shaq Leonard comes down with the ball, and that led to a touchdown, the one touchdown for the Colts. That was a big deal. Paris Campbell, three touches, 71 yards. He's becoming more and more explosive. you got to feel pretty good about Paris Campbell, his health, and his ability to be dynamic on the field. I think it continues to increase a little bit every week. Alec Pierce, three catches, 60, or, uh, 65 yards, great hands, right? And, and a tremendous ability, and this leads to good hands, a tremendous ability to track the ball. You got to be able to track the ball if you're a receiver. Speaking of that, Naheem Hines, how about him tracking the ball over his shoulder, having that thing fall softly into his hands? Important play for the Colts yesterday. Uh, 
and there were five defensive tackles for loss. Let's not forget about the good that the, ta- that the defense did. It was really good until it really needed to be, and then it wasn't so good. We'll get to that as we talk about the bad and the ugly. The bad yesterday, two fumbles lost. Sam Ellinger fumbled the ball, swapping hands. He just lost it. No contact, just put it on the dirt, and the Colts couldn't get on top of it, so you wind up with a commander's recovery. No points out of that recovery, but still, as with both fumbles, they were in plus territory. You had a a really good chance at minimum of converting each of those possessions into a field goal, and you didn't. And that wound up being very, very costly in the end. Those two turnovers really cost them the game. Jonathan Taylor with the other one. And all I could think of when he let it go, when it got hit, he had it in one arm, had it in his left arm, and and the uh, the contact came to his left side. And all I could think of was Tom Rathman, the former running backs coach. You got to get two hands on that ball. You got to secure the ball. If you don't secure the ball, what the hell's the point, right? That turnover cost the Colts a minimum of three points as well. Uh, Taylor Heineke, six carries, 29 yards. He was tied as the leading rusher for the Commanders yesterday. Can't have that. You have got to keep containment. And Ben Banigou, my God, you know, uh, allowing a blocker to steer him toward the middle to give uh, Heineke escapability, you can't have that. And, 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 like, Ben Bandigou might be the nicest guy in the world. I don't know. What's he doing on this team? Honest to God. Uh, fourth and one, Samuel with a catch for 12 yards. That led to the touchdown. Fourth and six at the Colts 48, a pass to Samuel uh, for 18 yards. That led to a field goal. Both of those fourth down conversions, if the Colts stop the commanders on either of those, Colts win that game. They were up by two possessions. They were up by nine with under five minutes to play in that game and found a way to lose. That's on the defense. Frank Reich put it in the defense's hands, right? Went really, really conservative on that last offensive drive. Not the one where the game-ending drive where Pittman made the drop, right? But the one prior to that, the one between the field goal and the touchdown, uh, went very, very conservative because he felt like the defense had this game in hand. Not so much. Uh, Colts, you, you got to stop Terry McLaurin. He's the best offensive player for the commanders. You've got to stop him. It really came down to that play, unfortunately. The, the two fumbles were critical. The two fourth down conversions for the commanders were critical. You got to... You've got your best defensive player in Stephon Gilmore going up against their best offensive player in Terry McLaurin. McLaurin comes down with the football at the Colts 1. That's the game. If Gilmore comes down with the football, and they both had kind of possession of the football, it was sort of a jump ball. Whoever came down with it was going to win the game. McLaurin did. Gilmore didn't. That winds up being a bad not necessarily on Gilmore. He tried to make a play, and he's a really good football player, but Terry McLaurin just made a better play. Matt Pryor, two more penalties. Good heavens to Betsy. Somebody has got to be able to play the right guard position at a high level. It's not Matt Pryor. Matt, Matt Pryor couldn't block me. That's sad. 
got to move on from Matt Pryor. Quentin Nelson turtled on that third and goal at the one. Taylor stopped, and the Colts had to kick a field goal. Thomas, three drops would have made it 20 of 23 and an 85% completion rate. That, you know what, that drop, that's bad too. That Pittman drop, that was right in his hands. I don't know whether he heard footsteps or what happened, but if he makes that catch, Colts call timeout, all of a sudden you're in business and you got a shot at a game-winning field goal late with one more completion. Couldn't get it done. Michael Pittman Jr. with that drop on the very, very final drive, that was deleterious to the Colts' cause yesterday for sure. The ugly, uh, the review, or here's another bad, all right, that's occurring to me. The review on the Sam Ellinger dive for the first down. When he watched it live, you thought he got it. And then he watched a TV replay, which they should be doing in the booth, the Colts' booth. You saw that he didn't get it. He was cl- He clearly had his knee down. Could have saved a timeout. Although, yeah, time's time, and and it, it's probably a come-see-come-sa type situation where it's, you know, no blood, nothing lost. Uh, the ugly, though, Tyquan Lewis, his injury with 116 left at the Washington 32. The timeout that the commanders would have had to call is assigned to the Colts. So the Colts lose the timeout, and the commanders get to keep a timeout, That was really a weird kind of a transaction during this game that hurt the Colts' chances to win that game. Uh, Very, very unfortunate. The standings, also ugly. The Titans 5-2 after beating Houston yesterday. They've won five in a row. The Colts, they lose. They drop to 3-4-1. So they're two games behind the Titans and potentially two and a half games because of that bye week that the Titans had that'll be made up as the Colts uh, endure their bye week later in the season. You got the Patriots on the road coming up. You got the Raiders on the road coming up. This thing could get wobbly, but I really liked Ellinger yesterday. Ellinger, for the first time, looked like a quarterback who was in charge and able to make the throws necessary to make this offense a little bit dynamic. Ellinger despite the fumble, gets an A from me for that game. Where's Jack Doyle? Jack Doyle's retired. Jack Doyle's kicking back in his recliner, yelling at the TV. That's what he's doing. Uh, The Hoosiers, they won their exhibition against Marion on Saturday afternoon, 78-42. It was 10-0 at the first TV timeout. Indiana's defense, really, really good. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Tamar Bates did not play, but the freshmen did. And three of them looked really, really good. Malik Renew looked terrific. He looks like he's ready to compete at the Big Ten level. Jalen hood Shafino, same thing. Not too big a moment for him playing at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. The game came to him, and it was beautiful. He looks really good. Xavier Johnson, not so good. Two of nine right uh, from the field. Uh, two of 11, actually, from the field. Uh, I didn't like the way Xavier Johnson played. He's got to play within himself. He really started to do that last year. And for some reason, during the exhibition, decided that offensive uh, possessions needed to be about him. And and that's not a good way to play basketball in Bloomington. Uh, Logan Duncan, 11 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Renew, like I said, 14 points, 11 rebounds. 
renewed terrific. Duncan, Duncan is okay. Duncan really reminds me of Joey Brunk a little bit, which is not entirely a bad thing. Jordan Geronimo, you know what? Good stuff, bad stuff. Unique. His physical gifts make him unique. He can do things on the floor that nobody else can do. But then he makes mistakes. He makes metal errors that are, boy, are they critical errors periodically through possessions. And those are the kind of errors. You know, uh, Dan Dockich always quotes Bob Knight saying that victory favors the team that makes the fewer mistakes. Absolutely true. Jordan Geronimo makes mistakes. And those mistakes are going to get you beat. The good plays can win you games and win you a championship. The bad plays are going to lose you games and lose you a chance to win a championship. He has got to clean those up. And I was really hoping that he was going to be able to do it during this offseason. It hasn't happened yet. So we'll hope that throughout this season it does happen. Because it's got to happen. Or the Hoosiers are going to be in a tough spot. Miller Cop, God love him. I hope he makes shots. But Miller Cop, the Miller Cop that we saw last year for Indiana is not going to help them win games at the level that a Jordan Geronimo, after cleaning up mistakes, is going to help them uh, win. Thursday night, another exhibition against St. Francis. That game, again, on BTN+. Plus, so you can't get it without paying. It's $9.95 for the month. You get the school-specific subscription. Like I said, $9.95. Uh, the opener, a week from tonight, against Moorhead State, that game also on BTN+. Plus, and then B BTN Plus is over. Pacers. Nets tonight. Man, did they look good while we could watch on Bally Sports Indiana the other night. Saturday night, they looked really, really good. Uh, Benedict Matherin, 32 points. Halliburton, 26-6, 8-3. That's a hell of a line. Those two guys appear to be dynamic. They appear to be winning basketball players at this point in the season. The Pacers, 3-4. and four. The Nets, 1-5. Nets are terrible. You can't just assemble talent and call it a basketball team. They have to fit together. And what the Nets have does not fit together at all. And anybody with a scintilla of basketball knowledge can see it, would know it, would uh, understand it before it ever happened. Paces tonight, 7 o'clock. Buddy Heald is playing his ass off. He had 17-9-8 the other night. I like Buddy Heald. Trading Buddy Heald, that'd be a decision I might not want to make. No Miles Turner the other night. That's fine. Why would we expect Miles Turner to play? Um, you know what? How does Bally lose the feed so he can't for the rest of the game? Like I get it for 10 seconds, a half minute, whatever. But I don't remember ever having an event, a broadcast event, the television coverage of an event unplugged and just lost, especially if you got people paying over the top, right? I watched Cub games in the 70s on Channel 9 in Chicago again and again and again. Even in the 70s, you didn't lose connectivity ever for a game. How does that happen without some kind of backup? What are they doing? What kind of amateur hour bullshit is this? I'm furious. People are paying money for this. Get it fixed and get it fixed now. What are you doing? All right. Uh, the dumbass, dumbass of the weekend, Carolina's DJ Moore. 62-yard touchdown catch 
to tie the Falcons 34-34. He gets happy after the catch, rips off his helmet and celebrates. That's a flag. So the extra point, instead of being a very makeable 33-yard attempt, is now 48. The kicker for the Panthers misses. The game goes to overtime as a result. The Falcons win it. I cut his ass. I cut a guy who does that. Adios, muchacho. You can't play on a winning football team doing stuff like that. That's an automatic pull the plug. Your career in our house is over. You're not going to get another check out of us. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Uh, Joel Mason, happy birthday. Joshua Fry, happy birthday. Tim Smeheisen, happy birthday. Diane Eiler Slayton, happy birthday. Lost her father about a week and a half ago. The great Don Eiler. What a wonderfully gentle man he was. Grew up in the greatest neighborhood in the history of neighborhoods in Lake Bluff, Illinois. And, and Mr. Eiler and the Eiler family, a huge part of that. Uh, Celeste Ballou, happy birthday. The great David Kerr, what a golfer. Uh, Todd Burton, happy birthday. Torben Rolfson, happy birthday. And Roger Nadell, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports Now. I'm going to talk about the Colts some more, preview the Pacers and the Nets a little bit. Three and four. I don't mind that with the Pacers. Look, they could get to 500 tonight. They're like eight and a half point dogs in this game. Why? Pacers are rolling. Let's go.